greetings this morning. Greet you in Jesus' precious name. God bless you all for coming. It's a good, good day to be gathered together in this way, to be encouraged uh, in our homes, Christian homes, educating our children and all those things. I appreciate it, what already has been shared. Uh, yeah, it's a life. I believe that. It's a life. And uh, we don't have that life behind or under us or behind us or however you want to say it. Why uh, We're not going to accomplish what we want to accomplish. So may God help us <clears throat> to uh, have... Christian homes. Well, visitors, welcome. Yes, there's almost as many visitors as locals here this morning. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Well, I uh, was thinking maybe I have an hour to fill, but it looks like I only have. 35 minutes to fill, so I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> but I do have a burden on my heart this morning in light of uh, this whole aspect of prayer and our children and our homes. Um, and I pray for me this morning that I uh, can come through with, or that God's heart can come through. Maybe just, let's just pause for a word of prayer yet. Yes, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, God, that you are a Father in heaven. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord. Thank you for everyone that's here, God, and they have a vision and a heart for their children, Lord, their concern about the, oh, Father, the welfare, the well-being, the spiritual uh, well-being of their children, Lord. And God, I pray that you would bless each and every family that is here, God, and those that do not have children yet, Lord. Oh, Father, God, and maybe are not homeschooling yet, Lord, but God, it starts when the first child is born, Lord. And we pray, God, just bless each and every one that is here. Oh, Father, I do pray, renew our vision, Lord. God, give us a fresh vision of what you have for us, Father. We thank you, Lord. We, we look to you. I pray for your grace, for your strength this morning as I share from your word, God. Give us ears to hear, Lord. I pray, oh God, have your way here this morning. Confound the works of the enemy. God, drive him back this morning, Lord. Oh God, that, that we could, uh, oh Father, not be distracted by other things this morning, but somehow, God, that we could hear what you want us to hear today, Lord. God, it's going to be a full day. And I pray, Father, God, that, yeah, we're going to hear a lot of things, but I pray, Lord, that you would come through in these different points, God, to our hearts, Fathers. We hear different things today. Oh, God, I pray, take what we really need to hear today and take it down into our hearts, Lord, that it will make a difference for our lives and for the lives of our children and our children to come, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the power of prayer for our children. 
Well, I don't know what you all are expecting this morning as far as that title. I uh, maybe wrestled with it a little bit on exactly where to go with it. But as I was pondering on the whole thing just of uh, prayer and the power of prayer for our children, and I thought it might be good for us to look at this morning, why do we need to pray? Why do we need to uh, know how to pray and have power in our prayer for our children? And I guess it just came clear to me that the reason we need prayer is because we have an enemy. And uh, I had to think this morning, you know, with uh, the United States of America, you know, why do they have the ammunition and the army and all those things? Why do they have that for? Amen. Because there is an enemy. <clears throat> and uh, so they are very, very, uh, they want the latest and the best of technology and the best of whatever so that they can ward off the enemy if he comes. <clears throat> Well, if we wouldn't have an enemy here, or if the United States of America wouldn't have an enemy, why they wouldn't need the warfare. But so it is in our Christian life, the reason we need to have power in prayer for our children is because we have an enemy. And he's after our children. Doubt that not. He's after our children. He's after us too, but he is after our children let's turn to Exodus for a reading of Scripture here this morning. I'd just like to look at a couple different uh, passages just to uh, maybe give us a little bit something to wrap our minds around on this whole aspect of uh, that we have an enemy. Here in Exodus chapter... 1, verse 15 to 22, I'd like to read that, Exodus 1, 15 to 22. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sepharah, the name of the other Hulah. And he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if he be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men, children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dwelt, dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter that, that ye shall, shall save alive. <clears throat> now let's read yet chapter 2, 1 to uh, 10. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. 
And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrush and dabbed him with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. <clears throat> what was happening here? Well, this is a very familiar account. But I, I guess just the whole aspect here that Pharaoh was trying to get rid of the, the, uh, the male uh, children. And, uh, but because of the, the midwives, they were godly men or women. They, uh, they did not, they did not, or they, yeah, weren't for what Pharaoh wanted to do with the, 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 the male children there. But then here we have the account of uh, the, the parents of Moses. And it talks about it in Hebrews, where in the faith chapter, about Moses, uh, his, his parents. But did it take faith for them to do what they did for Moses there? <clears throat> Did they need to know how to pray? I believe they did need to know how to pray and have power in prayer. You know, just the whole thing, how the whole thing played out here. It's like I remembered, I think uh, I heard a message one time on, on the faith of, uh, I don't know what her name is, Moses' mother. Chuckabed, Chuckabed, that sounds, sounds right. The, the faith of, of uh, Moses' mother. <laughs> uh, and I believe she was a praying woman. I mean, if you don't have faith, why well, you won't pray. If you have faith, you will pray. So, <clears throat> oh, let's see here. Then, then let's go to Matthew chapter 2 yet. <clears throat> Just another account here. Matthew two sixteen to eighteen. Another familiar account here, but I'll just read it. Matthew two verse sixteen to eighteen. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah 
was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not com- be not comforted because they were not. <clears throat> so here we have the account of where Herod, because the wise men were supposed to come back and tell um, <clears throat> tell him where Jesus was where they didn't come back and because of that he ended up killing all the children there two years and under well he was trying to get rid of of, well he did get rid of a lot of children there but here Jesus he did not get what he was after he uh, Jesus was not slain and We might say, well, you know, the enemy won't be after our children. It's not Jesus. It's not Moses. It's not, you know, John the Baptist or whoever. But I had to think, you know, is it? I I don't know. The, The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's even out to uh, destroy children. And I had to think, is it because every person that is born into this world they're born in the likeness of God and because of that Satan just does whatever he can to destroy you know all these little children were before they're even born you know uh, abortion they're destroyed well God wants to us to have a vision for our children not just bring them into this world and then let them do whatever they want to do, but where they, they, where we have a vision for our children, teaching them, training them, and that takes that takes prayer and effort, and and it takes the Lord. It takes the Lord. <clears throat> There's uh, in a feet or a Corinthian it says about our weapons are not carnal but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. We have we have weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Is there strongholds that need to be pulled down in the lives of our children? Well, I think there can be. But I guess I would probably want to uh, maybe give more of a, an encouragement before those strongholds are built very strong that we are alert in prayer that, that, that those strongholds are not built in the hearts and the lives of our children. Because what is a stronghold? Isn't it not something that where, I, I guess I'm... As, just in light of sharing what I'm sharing here this morning of children, I think of, of, uh, of uh, information and books and, you know, there's many different things that come into our home that can build strongholds in the hearts and lives of our children. <clears throat> and it's the philosophy and the, and the things of this world that the enemy wants to come in and and build those strongholds in the hearts and the lives of our children. And if we ever need power, or how should I say, wisdom, 
And if we ever need prayer, I believe that that is one of the areas that we, we need prayer in. We need wisdom. There's so much media, there's so much that wants to come into the, into our, into our, into the doors of our home. And we need to be alert and we need to be awake and we need to be in tune with God so that we know what's, what our children are reading and what they're taking in. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in and he wants to build that stronghold in the hearts and lives of our children. And then when he has that accomplished, he has power. But I'll say this verse again, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. And if that does happen, we still have more power than the enemy does. We have power to pray and break those strongholds, that those strongholds can be broken and that the enemy has not access into the, anymore, how should I say, access into the hearts and lives of our children. We were at Randall's on Sunday and uh, we were talking about, I forget exactly what we were talking about, and Randall, maybe you remember, but Randall brought out this thing of the, talking uh, this, uh, about the demons and Satan talking about how to get to his, to the children of God, and the one, one uh, demon or uh, said that he'll, they had all their different ideas, and the last one was something to the extent, uh, make them think that they have a lot of time. Is that how it was, Randall? <clears throat> make them think that they have a lot of time. Oh, you got plenty of time. Sit down and build your business and do what you want to do. You got plenty of time. The children are just little. You know, they're just little and small. Yeah, they are. But while we are too relaxed, the enemy is busy. He is busy working, bringing those things in through our ways he can find through... Well, there's many different ways, and we could harp on the internet, or we could harp on this or that, but... uh, First of all, we need to realize that we have an enemy and he'll come and we can put up our guards. And I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking this last week about America. And I'm not sure why my thoughts went to there, but, you know, as far as, uh, you know, it seems like they have, you know, when the enemy comes, why they have their, they have their uh, army ready to go and ready to shoot down or whatever. <clears throat> But, Leon, you were at uh, the place we were working together when they came in and uh, they, weren't, they, 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 they weren't alert and awake, I guess you could say, and they plowed into the, the, the towers there in uh, New York and did a lot of damage. <clears throat> well, we need to be more, we need to be alert and awake. Yeah, we, we can put up our uh, and we need to, our, uh, oh, how should I say, to see what for books are in our homes and those dif- dif- different ways. But the enemy wants to come in 
while maybe we got the front door blocked and barred, the enemy wants to come in the back door. And that's where we need uh, to be alert and awake and know what it is to pray and be connected with our God. There's another verse in Ephesians where it talks about not being drunk with wine, but being filled with the Spirit. Uh, Maybe I should turn to that quickly. As far as uh, the times, the days are evil. Uh, If I can find it here. Ephesians 5:14 Wherefore he saith awake thou that sleepest arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess excuse me but be filled with the spirit <clears throat> Well, we need to be filled with the Spirit if we want to have godly homes. If we want to know what it is to pray, have power in our prayers, we're going to have to uh, be filled with the Spirit. Okay, well, we have an enemy. Let us be aware of him. I like to look now at uh, a, a couple of different accounts of where uh, there was prayer for ch- a child or for children. Let's go to Judges. Uh, if we could turn there. Judges chapter 13, 8 to 14. Judges chapter 13, 8 to 14. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again in the, unto the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and slew her, showed her husband, and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Noah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spake unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Noah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Noah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She shall not eat of anything that cometh of wine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her observe. <clears throat> well, what can we learn from that? Here there was a, 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 a mother and a father who were going to get a child, and this was Samson. Their child was Samson, and they had a heart to know how to raise this special child. And we all have special children. They're all special in God's sight. And may we also have that heart. 
And the interesting thing I see here too is that what did he say as far as the woman? She, she may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink any wine or strong drink, nor eat anything clean. All that I command her, let her observe. And I connect that right with the Ephesians there. To not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. You know, we can be drunk with the things of this world. It doesn't necessarily have to be wine. It doesn't necessarily have to be strong drink. But we can be so drunk, so drunk with the things of this world, be it be business life or whatever life, whatever it is, that we don't have or we don't hear the, the voice of God, the heart of God, for our children that we, that, that we miss it. We're just kind of, you know, it's a good, good life. It's a good, you know, we, we're, we're drunk and we don't even realize it or we're, we're not with it. May God help us to be awake and alert. We have an enemy. <clears throat> Therefore, may God help us. Let's go to Job yet. Job chapter 1. <clears throat> Job 1 to verse 5, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And his substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred she-ashes, and a very great household, so that his man was the greatest of all the men in the east, and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I don't know what this does to you, but just the... The thing here of praying for our children. Amen. You know, there's influences and there's different things. And, you know, and I, I'm not sure what all was happening here in their, in their uh, feastings that they were doing here. Uh, a day of, uh, when day of their feasting uh, were gone. Why Job would, sanct- he sanctified them and rose up early in the morning. You know, maybe our children, we send them to town or wherever. It might be that we have this realization that the enemy's out to get him any way he can. Do we pray? May God help us to be, be priests in our home. Men, fathers, be priests in our home to watch over our children and pray for our children in this way. <clears throat> like Job did here of old. He was a man who prayed. He was a man who walked with God. <clears throat> okay, let's go yet to, uh, let's see, what do I have down here? <clears throat> Genesis, let's go there. <laughs> Genesis 32. <clears throat> This is the account of uh, Jacob. The 
calendar of Jacob. Uh, Genesis 32, 6 to 12. I think we're probably pretty familiar with this account here too. I'm kind of breaking in, but uh, I think you'll get what we're trying to get to this morning. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and herds and the camels into two bands, and said, If Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saith unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of thy mercies of all the truths which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and, and the mother with the children. And thou sayest, I will surely do thee good. See Abraham, or uh, Abraham, yeah, Abraham, uh, Jacob's prayer here. <clears throat> and thou sayest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. I like how he brings that into the prayer there. <clears throat> now let's read yet 24 to 32. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou shouldest ask after my name? And he blessed him there. I think I'll stop reading there. But here Jacob, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he was afraid of his... His brother Esau, he was afraid that he was going to come and destroy his wife and his children. <clears throat> and he did not just do, he did do some things here, and we don't have time to read it all. He did do some things, but he also got alone with God and he prayed and he cried out to God. And he wrestled with God and he would not let him go till he got the blessing and, and all that. What is all in that? I'm not sure if I know. I know I don't. But he wanted God's blessing. He wanted, was it that he wanted God's blessing on his life? I, he is God of Abraham, Isaac. He was the God of Abraham and Isaac. And now it's Jacob. But God, uh, Jacob wanted God's blessing on his life so that this ending where his brother would not come and destroy his, his uh, wife and his children. <clears throat> And he prayed and he prevailed. He had power in prayer. There was power in prayer. 
for his wife and for his children. And we need the same. We are living in a day and age where things are getting worse and worse. And, and just talking, uh, uh, Daryl, with some of the things we were talking about last night, you know, the prisons are full. And Daryl was saying last night that was it uh, 19, up to 1970, it was just kind of up and down the statistics. And after 19, was it 1970? Well, it just was like an uh, up climb with the, the figures. Maybe you should give the figures. What was it? Go ahead. From 1970, it was roughly figures. What figures was it? Yeah, things are getting bad. <clears throat> but it doesn't have to be that way in our homes. You know, we are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. While we are living in this world, we're not to be part of this world, we cannot sit down and take it easy, or we have to remember we're in a battlefield. We're in a battlefield, and I appreciated that one song that we sang about, was it a so, the soldier of the cross? <clears throat> the warfare that is raging. We're in a battlefield. And it's, you know, it's for our children and, and, and the lost out there. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like, you could almost get the feeling like, well, maybe we should just zero in on our children because of the way things are going, but... Uh, God wants all those. He wants everyone to be saved. But we, we see where some uh, go, go all out to save the world and they lose their children. So may God help us to keep a right perspective. And I, I'm almost, I think I'm coming more to the place where for a father and mother, while they have children... To not get so busy in ministry that they lose their own children, but raise their children and as they go out or as they, as they get married and, and leave home, now is more time to go and minister and preach to the, the lost and dying out there. <clears throat> May God help us to be alert and awake. <clears throat> Just another one here on, uh, sorry I'm being kind of scattered here, I'm going to try to squeeze things together. Uh, another verse I thought of this morning was in Peter there, 3-7, where it talks about that our prayers be not hindered. 
It's about a husband and wife relationship. We need to make sure, if we want to have power in prayer for our children, we need to make sure that our, that our relationship, husband and wife relationship, is where it needs to be. You're only kidding yourself if you go to pray for your son or your daughter and things are not right with your wife or your, or your husband. You will have no power. God's blessing will not come down on you like it did for, for uh, Jacob there. <clears throat> Let's make sure that our, yeah, that our relationships are, are up to date with our wives and our husband and wife relationship. That our prayers be not hindered so that when we do pray, that we have power to pray, that it has an effect on our children. We need to know the power of prayer. We need to know how to pray. Our enemy wants to get to our children by us not being alert, by somehow coming in and filtering their hearts and minds with the ideas and thoughts of this world. And I, as I was thinking, we're going to hear a lot of things today, and I, I was thinking, now what do I really want uh, us to go home with in light of me sharing what I'm sharing? And I, I think this is one of the greatest ones. <clears throat> the enemy wants to infiltrate the hearts and minds of our children to where he can have uh, <clears throat> power or where he can have them. And, and, and have an inroad into their lives. And so we as parents need to be alert and awake <clears throat> to those things. You know, it might be, a, we might think it's just a, it's just a, oh, how would you say, innocent thing. And I believe some of those things can be very innocent. But we need to be careful. What's behind it? <clears throat> I had to think too of uh, Solomon, David's son. <clears throat> David taught his son Solomon. We read much about Solomon's wisdom in, uh, in Proverbs. But what was Solomon's downfall? <clears throat> Who can tell me? What was Solomon's downfall? <clears throat> right his wives they were heathen wives turned the heart or turned his heart away from god to where he started worshiping their god rather than the god of israel <clears throat> I don't know, I just, for me, as I was pondering that, it was just like, can we learn something? Was there a, didn't David do his homework with Solomon there to teach him to be careful with, uh, uh, <laughs> how can I bring it down to where we can get a hold of it here? <clears throat> and probably where I'm seeing it, if you can follow me here, you know, we have, we have different uh, things or people come into our lives. 
and to where, if we're not careful, those people or those teachings or those whatever can slowly but gradually draw our hearts away from God, our children's hearts away from God. So what am I saying? I don't know if I'm making sense on that one, but uh, just to, yeah, that we would be men and women of prayer and that we would know what's going on in the hearts and lives of our children and to be careful that uh, there, uh, things don't come into their lives that have a, would have a tendency or have uh, uh, the ability to to steer their heart away from God. <clears throat> well, in closing here, let's turn yet to Psalms 127. <clears throat> Psalm 127, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gate. <clears throat> Except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain. You know, we can do a lot of things. We can have a lot of things in order. But if God is not building that house, we are laboring in vain. And uh, just another thing here, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. We need to have a vision for our children that they hit the mark. That they're able to speak at the enemies at the gate, that they will not be ashamed. And I was singing that word, not to be ashamed. Uh, in Romans it says, uh, let's see, something about being ashamed. He that believeth on the Lord shall not be ashamed. He that believes on the Lord shall not be ashamed. <clears throat> and maybe just, uh, you're here, Michael. <laughs> I... Uh, I don't know what you read all out of this as far as not being ashamed that they'll be able to speak with the enemies at the gate. But I remember years ago, and this is just an encouragement for us parents to, for our, to, to uh, teach our children. But I remember years ago we went uh, through the town of Wellman uh, from door to door witnessing. <clears throat> and uh, I think the one time it was me, Jonathan, and, uh, and Michael... But I was, they, they were pretty young, and, and, but anyways, this one place, you know, we, we went up to the door, and we, you know, gave them tracks, but anyways, I don't know, uh, but Michael, he, he decided he's going to talk to this person, and, and I was just sitting back, or standing back there, and I was impressed. I have to say, I was impressed that he was not ashamed to talk to this man, and he talked boldly to him about the Lord, and Amen! That's what we want. That's what we want. That they're not ashamed. We don't want to build this thing where we, we, we're so seclusive and, and we're so afraid of the world out there that we're afraid to talk. 
that's not going to come out right. We need to realize that there's an enemy out there. There's a real world out there that wants our children. But we need to, we need to be alert and, and, and know what it is to pray and pray for our children. And, and that they will have power. That they will not be afraid to talk to the enemy if he does come or uh, they go to the gate or however you want to say it this morning. <clears throat> so may God help us. Me, I hope we're encouraged to... Uh, Pray for our children and that we have power when we do pray for our children. They need it. They need it in the days that we're living in. They need the prayers of mom and dad that know how to get a hold of God. And I, I, uh, I like the accounts of those old grandmas who got a hold of God and prayed some of those wandering children. And, and, and that is... How should I say I say that? But in another sense, it's kind of like, let's do our homework before, before they get out there and they're lost. you know. But yet, to have that power while they are here, have that, have that connection with God that we can pray them through that they don't get out on the limb out there. And if they do, yes, let's pray heaven down on them. God bless. <clears throat>